What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 33 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Uh, been a long week. It has been a long week. And our other co-host, Davi, what is good? Not much. Okay, low energy today. And What energy? <laughs> and we are joined by our special guest for the episode, Ethan Zombeck. Am I saying that right, Ethan? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get back to uh, watching some footy again. Yeah, uh, it's been a long away uh, away strip of games. Uh, I'm excited to have the boys back in the boroughs and, uh, and watch some better football than what we've been experiencing for the past four matches, five matches. Um, Ethan, right off the bat, let's go rapid fire questions. Favorite current NYCFC player? Gonna be James Sands. Just thinks he's steady and I'm like a glue guy type of person. And to have like a good defensive midfielder to rely on just feels right in my my heart. Solid answer. Yeah. Yeah. James does the uh, he does the dirty work so that everyone doesn't have to. I mean, he's definitely a, a linchpin of this of the squad. I'm really happy that he returned from uh, from Scotland. Favorite all time NYCFC player is I think I think he's my favorite athlete of all time, and it's Quadwell Poku. <laughs> uh, I, I'll carry his candle whenever. Just his story, and then from the first moment we had that friendly in Manchester. Rocking he he became my favorite player. I customized jersey at Yankee Stadium like the third game of the season. Can't, can't say we've heard a Quadwapoku before on the podcast. I think that's a first. Have not, but it. I mean, it's definitely a decent shout. Um, I, I actually I wish that his tenure with NYCC was longer. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, he's. I mean, up until a couple seasons ago, he was still playing uh, in the lower levels of U.S. Uh, the U.S. Pyramid. Um, in I think I think in Alabama. from Christ. He even made his way out to the Russian Premier League uh, for a season, uh, and the club that he played for, I think, doesn't exist anymore. If I'm correct, I think he's like a part owner player, like legitimately, or, or was in like Alabama, like of all places. I think he is presently. I think he's like a like yeah, like like he's he's got some kind of stake in the club. It's like it's like really low level, but uh, I mean, good for him. You know, like, like if he. If he's got enough to have a piece of something, that means, you know, it wasn't all for naught. I definitely think he could have uh, ascended further in his football and career. I definitely think that there was tons of untapped potential there. Um, but, yeah, you know, at least he's, you know, still here and still working in football and still making the dream work however way he can. Absolutely. So, hot question here. Very hot question. Favorite NYCFC kit? be an underrated pick but i'd like the gray ones uh worked well with the long sleeve with the side going into the long sleeve also of the jerseys that i got uh, did they even Jonathan. make long sleeve huh so, so, uh, so i was wondering if they were still they even made long sleeve kits anymore they do not i haven't seen one they, yeah, they, they one stopped long making long the last long sleeve kit i believe was the the gray, I think it was the gray one. I think the, the gray may have been our, the last year that MLS made long sleeve field player kits. 
because if you notice, even players like they, they don't they legit don't make them. Like all if, if you look at all the players in the field, they're all wearing short sleeve kits with undershirts underneath. They legit yeah, I remember, like ML, Adidas legit doesn't make long sleeve kits anymore. Yeah, I remember Ronaldo uh, used to, Cristiano not R nine um, uh, used to wear long sleeve kits all the time, and then all of a sudden, like he just wasn't anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's that. that. That's a, that's a good shout. The great kit, the, the, the underrated, definitely, definitely not my favorite, but far from my least. Yeah, that was the uh, Argentina Colombia World Cup uh, World Cup kit. Yeah. All right. Um. So, I mean, before we jump into your origin story, uh, I'm, I'm, I, the, my my co-host don't know this, but congratulations on on uh, on your on your vows, your, your wedding that occurred a couple weeks ago. It was a good distraction for uh, the struggle that the away trip was. <laughs> Dude, fucking congratulations. Uh, I, I, I'm not married yet, but it, it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, so far. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, are you guys honeymooning this summer or what? Uh, we're leaving tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> good, good, thing we wow. snuck, good thing we snuck in this episode. Very important. Very important stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so so where so where are you going to be watching NYCFC dominate Philadelphia from? <laughs> be in Athens. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about Greece and not Georgia, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's like, <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine Athens, uh, Athens, Georgia is right next to Harrison, New Jersey, on lots of honeymoon spots. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I believe I think the University of Georgia is in Athens. I think that's right in Athens, Georgia. I believe. Yeah, fuck the Bulldogs too. <laughs> All right, so Ethan, um, so I'll give our, our listeners uh, give us your background in terms of your your origin story, how you how you found this club, why you continue to support this club, and also, I mean, I, I don't think many people uh, outside uh, might not know, but you are the you are the founder of the NYCFC Twitter community, correct? Oh, strong. I definitely pushed it the hardest. <laughs> I try to continue to push it the hardest. Uh, lost a little momentum there, but at like 400, 460 strong right now. So it's a good place if you need to filter your timeline to go and vent a little bit. Absolutely. So yeah, so give our listeners, so tell us, uh, I'm interested to hear about your, your, your origin story, about, about how you how you found NYCFC and why we, we continue to follow this club. It's... It's like uh, I started following soccer around the 2006 World Cup um, and then probably became like a big soccer fan around 2008, a little like when international season schedule resumed after that World Cup. And then so I would follow the MLS. I would watch the Red Bulls because like that's necessity. And then NYCFC came about and I just got some in really quickly like I was following the waiver wire drafts and I was like excited to see like NYCFC select Matthew Dunn and just got really caught up and uh I went to the revolution game with like eight of my friends and two of us got season tickets they stopped after the first year but they don't really follow soccer so now I go with me and my brother so uh Matthew Dunn is like a trip down memory lane. <laughs> That's a, that, that that might not that that might be a name that not many people may remember. He didn't. He was only here for a cup of tea in that 2015 season. Um, and I, I didn't hear. I have. I didn't remember that name until he just said it. <laughs> oh man, Matthew Dunn! Wow. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> that 15 imagine a match imagine a uh what, like you know a timeline like like I, it's so far removed that like it but it's really it's not really like you really think about how long ago it was where we were like yeah we got ned Grabovoy and chris winger in the draft we should be excited about this <laughs> oh man um, i didn't play huh it's just like just like that vibe that i got from nycfc making news just got me going yeah um so uh were, were you what was uh what was december 11th 2021 uh like for you where were you how, how what were the emotions you were feeling that day it was actually pretty awesome because like i said i go with my brother to all the games so i was at my parents house uh we were celebrate his is december 19th so we were celebrating it early so we were all watching with my family. Uh, his friend came over, and extended family came over, and for them to like act care about soccer, they the Philly Union game with me, and then got merch for that final game. So it was just like pretty awesome. And then they all wanted like the championship merch, so I was online disregarding the whole family party and getting whatever everyone wanted. Yeah, you're one, of, you're one of the lucky ones. I had to have my uh, – I was at the match in Portland, and I, and I had my wife back at home on the East Coast. And I was like, the minute this final whistle goes off, you need to go on Fanatics and buy everything because <laughs> I'm going to have yeah. no service. <laughs> I give Ethan space right now. I'll give him space. Um, all right. So, I mean, I guess uh, I guess it's as good time as any to jump uh, headfirst into this uh, into the Philly match. Uh, we're back at City Field for – is this our third match at, C- at City this season? Uh, Indeed, yeah. Third match at City. Um, City's always a good time. I, I saw NYCFC tweeted out today that they are hosting a fan fest for military uh, military appreciation, military awareness, military heroes, military heroes. I think it's what they called it. Um, so there will be commotion and and some goings on out um, outside of City um, during the pregame. Um, uh, the uh, the theme for the third rail is uh, Greek. Uh, so they're, I guess they're cooking Greek food um, to, to serve to the people who were going to the tailgate. Um, and it's it's Philly. I mean, uh, we've had debates with uh, with other guests and, and, and just in the fan base about um, like who our primary rival is and who we hate more and who we have, who's artificial and who, who is natural and things like that. But I mean, regardless of, of, of anything, we, we don't like Philly. We, we hate we, we hate Philly. Um, and that's across all. Uh, all New York sports. We we don't like we don't like Philly. Uh, fuck Philly. I I, I see see for me because like like you and I like so I hate the Red Bulls. But the thing like like I equate it to Manchester United and Liverpool. Like like, like United and City fans absolutely have no love for each other. And that derby, especially in like the last decade, has definitely ramped up in terms of intensity, especially with City now being good. Um, and they weren't good for like for years for the, almost a century. And, you know, like except for a few spots here and there where they were able to win the title. But, you know, United's primary rival throughout that time was Liverpool because that's where, like, that they would meet in, like, the big stakes game. And they were the ones that were competing, like, neck and neck for, for titles year in and year out. And, you know, while the early parts of this rivalry, uh, and I, I think I wrote about it for a uh, fan cited a few years ago, while the early parts of, like, you know, like, these two met, these two teams' as fixtures, like, were, weren't, like, really much to write home about and were kind of devoid of any kind of, like, animosity like true animosity or anything like that like like 
in recent years, especially after 2021, it's just it's ramped up. And like, you know, there's we, we, we still haven't met the Red Bulls in the playoff game. Yeah. We've met Philly how many times? Three times now? Three uh, playoff matches? Three times, yeah. Yeah, like... But two, it, but two, been, two of the times were very... Like, literally last season and the season before that. So it's very new. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the thing is, it's like, in recent years, we have faced them in high-stakes matches, like, where it counts. And the fans, like, I mean, given the context of the 2021 matchup, you know, with all those... Philly players missing due to COVID and Philly fans thinking that they have a, a, a legitimate grievance. I don't think they have a legitimate grievance. You know, if it had happened the other way around, I think they'd be in the same boat as we are. It's like, well, you can only beat the team that's put in front of you. And, you know, like, yeah, no, this is this is a legitimate rivalry. And I think it's like, you know, obviously Red Bulls was what was uh, what's the word inevitable because we're right there and we're competing for the same market share of fans. And I do think there's a a very cool dynamic to that derby match. I don't think it's a manufactured rivalry anymore. I think there's a legit animosity there. However, with Philly and NYCFC, there's just I wanted to be I I was going into those matches with just as much further, if not more, uh, last season than the derby matches. And and I think it's just because I I can't I can't describe it. Like I don't know how to how to articulated it's just I, I i hate them i i hate i i well then again i hate philly sports in general i don't like philadelphia as a city i fucking this this you know the despise the of philadelphians in general and i hate the union i hate sons of ben i hate anybody else that wears those fucking whack bitches. yeah i hate anybody else who wears those whack fucking colors uh i just it, it's just i don't know what it is about it but it just it's like something's awoken inside of me and i'm like oh and i'm just and I want to kill something, and my target is them. Like, like just yeah, it, it's a hatred. It's a rivalry. It's legitimate. And you know, it's only gonna you want... it's only gonna maintain rivalry status as long as there's continued. So, like, the, if Philly for some reason drops off the face of the earth in terms of talent, and and like they go back to being a doormat like they were for the first three seasons we were in the league, then it's it's no longer it's no longer gonna be high stakes anymore. I mean, it's I mean, it's not like Philly's been good this season, but yet this is still a very, very much high, like, like a very highly anticipated matchup. But like, like yeah, Philly, because because of the recency of the twenty two and twenty one. Sure, but I mean, the thing is, I think it's self sustaining at this point. I think like if <laughs> I, I do I do think, it, and maybe not to you, but then again, you don't even think that it's a, as big of a rivalry. It's as, a rivalry. As a local party. It is, but well, you well, don't no, think it's, it's, you don't think it's the rebel. biggest. There, there's a big portion of our fan base that thinks, if not a majority of our fan base, that thinks Philly is the rival. Right yeah, but it, but I, in order for it to know, maintain, they have to stay good. If any, if at any point they're ta- they drop off and they're, and they're back at the bottom of the fucking East again, this game's not going to matter anymore. I don't know, dude. Do do I was the Knicks uh, I was I was going to second that what Joe said. I think I think they see them as the main rival because uh, it's been us and Philly competing for the uh, for the Eastern Conference title. Uh, we're we're like we're top we're top of the oh. East, and, and and we see Red Bull just like struggling, and they, they they just find strokes of luck to get into the playoffs, and then just choke it away immediately. So, uh, I, people see Philly as the main rival because of uh, the competitive on the pitch, and um, I, I think uh, that's that's the reason why. But I'll, I'll always say Red Bull is our biggest rival, mainly because uh, we've been rivals since day one. We fucking despise each other. Um, no, no matter how good Philly is, no matter how good uh, fucking Toronto is, or no matter how shit the fucking Red Bulls could be, Red Bulls always going to be the main rival. That's always the one you're going to want to win. 
If, see, see here, I, see, and this is why I disagree with you because I don't think it has anything to do with performance. Philly fans legitimately think that we stole something from them. Legitimately think that we stole something from them. That goes way deeper than they beat us in a game once. Like I don't think it, it, I don't, it's not performance based at all. As a matter of fact, if that game had happened without all the COVID controversy, I don't think we'd even be talking about Philly as a rival right now. I don't think we would. But the thing is that seed has been planted, and Philly fans will forever see the 2021 season, justified or unjustified, as the season that they should have been the team. You, you can disagree with it all you want. In 20 years, they're not—they're not, not going to care about the 2020 season. Like it's—it's it, it, the further we get away from it, the yeah, less they're going to care about it. Especially if they don't have a cut by then, they will absolutely 100%. They will, dude. Not, not, not only do they—not only do they hate us because we supposedly took something from them, they also hate LAFC on the on based off the way they they, they beat them in MLS Cup. Philly's so, main ri- it, Philly's main rival is Red Bull in DC. I would say we're their main rival right now, 100%. I would not say Red Bull or DC is their main no, rival. No, I think they, if you're to ask, I think if you're to ask most Union fans, they'd agree with me too. Uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think I think City's their main rival. But uh, I, and that's because the thing. Of the I don't think this has. Bias. But, the, but the thing is, I don't think this has. Okay, but, okay with... but you could also you could you, you could say this. You could say whatever. Like 20 years down the line, you could say that about LAFC. But I think like New York and Philly. That's just fucking pure hatred. It's like fucking war. Like, it, it, <laughs> but Dobby, it, it wasn't even like that in year one, bro. Like, it's only recent. It's the last two years, bro. Yeah, recent yeah, because yeah, it's recent. The teams are getting good. They, they wouldn't be a rival right now. We could we could have had the same exact seasons that we did in these last two years, and I still don't think anybody would see Philadelphia and New York City as a legitimate rival at this point. The fact that that the fact. The, the rivalry itself is born from them thinking that we stole something from them, that we earned something that we didn't deserve by facing a B team or C team or whatever the fuck they want to call it because of the COVID absences. And given their absolute colossus, colossal failure last year in the cup, that is always going to stick out to them as the moment where they probably could have won a cup. No team is ever guaranteed to win a cup. There's a there's teams in the league right now that have been there since the beginning when it was just eight teams and still don't have and still have and new and the Rebs, they still don't have anything. And Dallas, there's there's no guarantee that they'll win one. And I I think if anything, in 20 years, the rivalry will be more intense because Philly hasn't won it. If they haven't won it by then, and I don't think they will because I think that they're a flash in the pan. I think that after after this season, I think you're really going to start to see Philly like fall off the face of the map. They already have sort of. I mean, they are kind of a little on a resurgence right now, um, which we'll get into. But no, more capable I, it, of. Ethan, 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 what do you think about Philly, uh, New York City? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I think more recently, I think I dislike the Union a lot more than the Red Bulls at this moment. And I think, Joe, you're right. There is something to do with the recency bias. But, like, fans, their fans hated Tati Casianos. I hate Jose Martinez. I think they're both, like, instigators type in the way. And we got our first playoff win, and then something built. And it like planted a seed for 2021 to like really blossom. Uh, that trainer fight too last year that was like weird, and it kind of like made it more legitimate. I don't think it really will go away because the way days to Philly like we sell out our allotment, and it's more of like an away trip. And just hate us because the New York Philly grown ass man, bro, grown ass man. Fucking grown ass man, that's an embarrassment, man. If I was his wife, I'm, I'd be fucking embarrassed. If I was his kid, I'd be fucking embarrassed. Are we talking about the truck? Are we talking about the trainer? 
Yeah, the trainer, oh. grown ass man, man. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to use grown ass man as an excuse. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was said or what was done on that pitch, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, it, it, I, I mean, it, but like Ethan said, it, it, it's, it's, it's a chapter to a rivalry. It's another layer on the fucking onion that is NYCFC Philly. But the thing is, it's also look at NYCFC Philly sports in general. What, like, like the, these two cities just don't fucking like each other. Giants Mets Eagles. Uh, Giants Eagles. Fucking. Mets, uh, Met- I'm I'm over. I, I know. I'm, I'm not refuting. I'm not saying it's not a rivalry. I'm not saying that it is a rivalry. It is. I'm not saying it's not. You don't have to prove to me that it is. It is indeed a rivalry. But, but, yeah, but the thing Wait, is, the it's like you play and like Jim Carton's held is such a good coach, and it's just like a kind of like messy transition game, also. Like, but. We said after like Talos Magno scored because we have oil money, it just makes no sense in a salary cap league. Yeah, yeah, no. It, and like, it, it, and like, anything to someone, do. I think it was Jonathan Sanchez on Twitter said that uh, this was a, a couple weeks or months ago, or whatever. But he said that uh, the sons of Ben were chanting something about uh, they were making some, some chant about nine eleven. Um, like this was like in, in, the, in, the, in the first few seasons, and maybe even currently they do it. So I mean, like. You're right. Like, like everything that happens between the supporters and on the field, like it is an onion. Like there, there are layers. There are there, there is the beginning stages of layers happening in this rivalry. Like story storylines, storyboards. Like with Jose with uh, Jose Martinez get flipping the double bird and the trainer thing. And, and don't, don't don't even get me started on that piece of shit, Jose Martinez, man. Don't even get me. And then even like another thing uh, uh, was uh, we'll talk about it later. But the the Zalalem red card on decision day, like uh, these are all big moments that are have kind of fueled this 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 rivalry. Um, and I would like to see it grow. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, as as long as both teams are good, it's it's a nice, healthy, good rivalry. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like Philadelphia sports, like you said. I'm a Giants fan. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like the Sixers. I don't like the Flyers. I don't like any of them. I like the Phillies. I fucking hate all of them. Um, and they don't like us. Um, I want to, I, I want to say a hot take. Like, I, I think, uh, I think if Philly, uh, beat us in the 2021 playoffs, I think they would have lost to Portland. I think Portland would have won that final. I mean, that's that's not. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, I don't know if they would have won it, but um, I guess we'll I, never know. I, I mean, we never will because we won the 2021 MLS Cup. But the thing is, like I said before, it's, Philly fans feel like they have a, a a legitimate grievance against NYCFC as an institution. It, it, it's it's like it's at, at the core of it. It's systemic at this point. Like I, I that's a legitimate rivalry and. There are a lot of people that agree that it's a bigger rival than the Red Bulls. I'm not sure if it's a bigger rival than the Red Bulls yet. I'm no, I don't even want to throw my no, in the hat it, there. It'll, it'll I, never will be. I, 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 well, I'm not going to say that either because the thing is, there's a lot of NYCFC fans right now, including very, very, including very, very visible ardent NYCFC supporters who look forward to this match more than they did the Derby. There's, I know plenty of people who are who are itching for this fight more than and kind of skipped the Derby this year and weren't like really as invested. Until we win another cup, I think they'll always say like, "Oh, twenty twenty one was a hoax." Yeah, and, and they'll always they'll whether always whether we're at the top of the East, bottom of the East, whether they're at the to- top of the East or the bottom of the East, which they were at the bottom of the East. NYCFC Red Bull is always going to be a must go, must watch. It's it's like the El, it's like El, El Trafico, like. One team could be absolute shit, but anything can happen on that match. And you get bragging rights until fucking September, in, in our case, because we don't play them again until then. So now all we have to hear about for until September is New York is red, New York is red, New York. It fucking pisses me off. 
Yeah, but it's not red because we already beat them to the cup. I feel I feel like that rivalry, the battle for New York, was won the second that we hoisted. You don't that win, you don't win something after winning one championship. The, 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 won major, major League Soccer didn't end on that day. Like it's, it continues on. We have to win more, and we have to win these rivalry matches. It's not what I'm saying, but okay. you are you're, you're saying that, the, that 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 New York is blue in, inherently because we won one cup. Like yeah, it's okay, yeah, it is. But you, but right now New York is red because they fucking beat us head to head this year. I don't give a shit. That's you you always you always say New York is blue at the end of the episode, so case closed. Move on. Yeah. Um, looking at the head to head, where we are the home team, and the home team is playing in the boroughs because we we have played a game against Philly in the uh, in the um in the group stage of the Gamblers' back. back tournament that happened down in fucking Florida. Doesn't fucking count. Um, we have five wins, two draws, and one loss at home against the Philadelphia Union. We have not won a match at home against the Union since 2019, um, which was a 4-2 yeah. win. Um, we beat them twice at home in 2018, with one of them being a playoff win. Uh, both score lines 3-1. We beat them in 2017 at home 2-1, and we beat them in 2016 3-2. The two draws took place in 15 and 21, and they were both 1-1 draws. The one loss came last season... A 2-0 loss at Yankee Stadium. Bedoya and Gazdog scored the goals. So we have, over the course of the, the, the series, we, are, we, are, we have been pretty dominant against them at home. But in terms of recent results, we have lost and drawn to them in the last two home matches um, against Philly in New York City. Um, how are we feeling well, going into this? the last three against them last year. Uh, well, that, that's, that, that goes into away matches, though, right? I'm talking about just home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two away, one home. One of them was in playoffs. Yeah, that was that, the, the away. The playoffs was away. We in two yeah. in 2022 and 2021, the home the games played in New York City. We lost in 22 and we drew in 21. At home, uh, how how are we feeling going into into this match? Uh, let's start with Ethan. How how are you feeling about how to, going to this Philly match? I'm a I'm a glass half full guy, but I just can't fucking I can't. We're good at home, so that's a that's a positive sign. And maybe we could take something from Gabe Siegel feeling good and Magno getting the assists. Uh, we just opened one goal that kind of angers me, and Philly's pretty good at scoring those goals. But I'm a glass half full guy, so I think we're gonna win anyway. Christian, okay, okay. um. I'm feeling pretty good uh, about it uh, personally. Uh, that, that you know, we, we just came off of a very, very, very long and brutal away stretch that we were able to. I, I don't want to say salvage because that's not what we did, uh, but we were able to end it on a somewhat high note by getting a late equalizer against Orlando, and uh, that combined with the uh, big meeting organized allegedly by Tiago Martinez and Maxime Schnoe at the mid halfway line after the match. Uh, I do think that this is a team riding on momentum plus. You know, at home, you know, we've been nothing short of dominance. And uh, this season, uh, all of our wins have come at home. And and I feel like, especially being at City Field, you already know the place is going to be loud. It doesn't matter if 15,000 show up or 20,000 show up. It's going to be really fucking loud. Um, uh, I, I think that this is a team that's been itching to get back home and is... is like very eager to set the record straight against a Philadelphia team that isn't as good as it has been in recent years. Uh, right now, they are, I believe, on a six-game unbeaten streak, but uh, 
you know, playing on the baseball diamond is a uh, is a very different proposition than facing other teams on the road. And I think NYCFC is going to have an energy to them. I think they're going to have a bite to them. I think they're going to want to they're going to want to play for everybody in that in that uh, in that stadium. I think the failures of uh, well, I'm hoping that the failures of this road trip will become learning experiences for Cushing and for the players themselves. And I'm expecting a, a very uh, a decent turnout in terms of support. And I'm expect uh, my girlfriend's actually coming to her first NYCFC match that day, uh, so that should be uh, that should be fun. And yeah, no, just I'm expecting. I, I have a I have a. I mean, we're not in prediction territory yet, uh, but so I'll, I'll hold off. But I'm feeling pretty good right now going into this game. Also, it's nice to. I love rivalry matches. Rivalry matches are great. Uh, you know, whether or not you agree that this is the biggest biggest rival that we have right now, it doesn't matter. It's a rival. It's a rivalry match. There's going to be a something in the air once you get off that seven. Once you get off the Long Island Railroad. Once you, you know, get off the highway and park in City Fields parking spaces. <laughs> Fuck Cohen. And you know, and yeah, no, we're we're gonna. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fucking vibe, as they say. Davi, how you feeling? I would just like to clarify. Um, their top goal scorer has scored five out of six goals from the spot. <laughs> he finally got his first goal from open play. That is like, like that. That is like hell freezing over the second coming of Jesus Christ. I can already see it happening. Where he 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 finally gets a goal from open play. Like all of his penalties. Pendag, as we like to call him around here, has gotten every single penalty. He gets he I'm not, he gets more penalties in Argentina at the World Cup, man. Honestly, man, like, like this this guy this guy should be teaching Cristiano Ronaldo how to teach how to take a fucking penalty, man. Just, just by the way, like his success rate is is going from the spot. But um, I think if we I think if we were to concede, I think it's going to be off a penalty kick, and you already know who's going to fucking take that shit. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, bit nervous. I, I can I can already feel the nervousness, uh, in the stadium for me personally when I get there. Like when I get to my seat and the f- the first whistle sounds, I can already feel the nervousness for like the first fifteen minutes. Uh, just seeing the game and like how how we're gonna play them, how they're gonna play us. I can already feel that. Like I, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also scared because we've been shit. But we've been absolute dog shit for the past month. We haven't won a game since that since going to City Field against Dallas, and we've we've, we've played like shit for, for for the past month. We've played like absolute dog shit, so much shit like in in the past few sentences. But I I can't use another word to describe this team. The Nick Cushing. Um, there was this, there was like a video from from the training where Nick Cushing was like. Uh, oh, you guys! You guys need to train hard, and then, and like, well, like once you inquire about playing time, and I can tell you why you're on the bench and why you're not playing as much. Uh, I f- I feel like that, that that's good. That uh, Nick Cushing recognizes that the team hasn't played well, and uh, he's telling his players, you know, uh, you guys got to step it up. I like that from Cushing. I feel like that's something we don't really see often. I mean, because every time uh, we go away from home and uh, we lose a game, he always. This positive PR bullshit that fucking pisses me off every fucking time without failure. Um, so to, to to kind of see that like in the media and on YouTube, I, that's good. I want to see more of that. I want to 
I want to see more of him telling his players the truth. Like, you guys are playing like shit. You guys, you guys can either be a good team and be be competing for for the for the top of the East and be competing up there, or you could be you can just continue this mediocreness and continue to be shit. It's really quite simple as that. So, but I feel like it lacked energy. Uh, Nick Cushing just doesn't strike me as the the type of manager to have some energy when he speaks to the players. He just kind of has that resting bitch face and just kind of talks. And you know, with the shots we've seen from him on the sideline, he doesn't really look animated. Uh, he just stands there with his arms crossed, just watching at the game, looking like he's been heavily bullied. Um, so I, I, I would like to see more animations from him whenever we get shots from him on the sideline and, um, you know, just more energy from the team. I, I mean, hey, like, we've, we've seen this happen before last August where we went on the road and we've we played like absolute dog shit. We got one win in 10 and sprinkled in with a couple of quote-unquote home games at Red Bull Arena, you know, where we... We lost to two shit teams, two teams that uh, didn't make the playoffs, one of them being an expansion team and the other one being uh, the bottom dollars of the Eastern Conference. And then once we came back home against uh, Atlas at Yankee Stadium, we started cooking uh, cooking again and then kind of uh, sparked us on to, the, to that uh, uh, run where we fortunately played Philly away and, you know, the back-to-back dream fell short. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can see the but... correlation you're trying to draw, but th- that moment and even the Goody moment, those all happened very, very late in the season. This is, we're still in the first third of the season. Like, th- we still have a lot yes. of stuff to do. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You don't, you don't want to peak, you know, around mid-July, early August, and then, you know, kind of just drop off again towards the tail end of the season. I, I mean, that's what uh, NYCFC Forever said on their, uh, on their podcast today. Yeah, but we're, like, uh, yeah, we're still in May. Like we're about to yeah, be in yeah, June. Of course. Like, yeah, of course. Of course. It's very early yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I know, but still, do do you wanna you don't wanna play like shit early on in the season and then kinda dig yourself out of a fucking hole uh later on in the season, even though we have a shit ton of away ma- uh, home matches uh to end the season, but still like you wanna you wanna get back to winning ways because winning yeah. feels good. But I'm not overly concerned with like like Christian's made it like I'm not overly concerned with home matches. I mean we're gonna we're gonna get draws, wins, a lot of wins at home. Um, so, I mean, even though this next little strip here is, is tough, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm confident that we'll get, we'll get the points that we need. It's, it's the, oh, yeah, cause, the away cause matches after, that after I'm, this, I'm worried about. After this at home, it doesn't get any easier. We face one and two in the East. Yeah. So, um, here's, here's a little, to play. what? We tend to play up a little bit. Like the the two best road results we've had were Orlando and New England. Yeah, that's true. Both one, one draws. Um, here's a little tidbit I found oh, on, no, on the MLS. Can't forget Chicago away as well. On the MLS app, the Union have won three straight meetings with New York City FC, including a 3-1 win in the last season's Eastern Conference Final. Only the Red Bulls from May 2015 to May 2016 have recorded four straight wins over NYCFC in MLS play, including playoffs. So, we're, 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 we're in dangerous, I mean, we've... dangerous territory. I mean, we were in dangerous territory last, uh, you know, last week too, because we were we were facing five consecutive losses, something that never happened in franchise history, and we were able to pull it out at the end. So, I mean, if anything, this team seems willing to buck any kind of negative, like trend, like like record-setting trends that you know we've had going on in the past. So, I mean, you know, the, the, I. It, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not feeling as down about it as, as Davi is because, I mean, I feel like I'm the only one. <laughs> I feel like I'm the one that, like, remembers this is a fucking home game. 
And this is, and we are not the same team at home that we are on the road in a very, very good fucking way too. And thank God well, for that. Well, it's not so much that I'm down about it. It's just that, just saying as it is, I'm just speaking my mind. We've, we've been shit. Okay, I mean, but has Philly been, been any less shit over? Like, okay, but has shit. Philly been any less shit than this season? Because I mean, I mean you're they, saying shit a lot, but has Philly been good? Is this a good really, team that we're facing? Not really, but getting, and where are getting we results. Them? Getting results gives you confidence. Philly just okay, dunked so on the Rebs three zero. By the way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, who cares? Fucking penalty merchant. Just uh, how, open play. How have they been? His fucking ego. How have they been over the course of the entire season? Good or bad? Yeah, but like the season isn't like I mean, like because we we look good when we were at home and then we look like shit when we were away. So like there's there shouldn't be a lot of con- like we we were we were a, a an 89th minute goal away from from like another loss. Like there's okay, no the, the worst losing streak in club uh, history uh, on the road, not at home. Yeah, no. but we haven't played at home in a while. But we've had really shit form lately. So like, like I mean, there's not. I mean, there's not a lot of confidence heading into this game. We've scored one goal in the, in the past couple of matches. Like, yeah, traditionally we are good at home, but we haven't had a home match in like a month. And and your form changes over the course of a month. Yeah, but don't you think that they be happy to be home? Don't you think that we'll oh, spark yeah. because we're home? Absolutely. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I'm happy that we're home. Do I think that because we're home, all of, all of a sudden every every problem that we had the last month is going to just magically disappear? No. I'm not saying it's going to magically disappear, but I mean, look at the trend. I mean, we're a very, very, very good team at home, and we've and we've played some very, very good football at home, and and we have not played very, very good football away from home. So, don't you think that because we are returning to home, a place where we where independent of whether or not it's City Field or uh, or or Yankee Stadium, these are two places that we have been pretty dominant in uh, forever. And 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 despite the fact that yeah no this past form was terrible and ever we have the list of pods to prove it and and you know our tone in those pod and those podcast episodes were not of the uplifting variety and they definitely were quite angry and and yeah no we played pretty poorly and there there were some pretty poor results uh, against some pretty poor teams but you you expect the tone to be uplifting after a fucking loss to the Bulls. Who the, dwellers, fuck, who, the fuck, who the fuck said that? When did I say that? I'd really like for you to quote me on that one. I'm, I'm asking you a question here. No, 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 but like, when did I ever even fucking imply that? Are, are you kidding me? What? Was my tone good after that Red Bull game? No. I rest why, my fucking why should it be? Then. And why should it be? I rest why my should it be? Then. I didn't say it's good. What are you talking about? All right, let's move on. Um... Yeah, so in terms of a lot of a lot of the players on our <clears throat> on our current team don't have a lot of stats or games played against the Union. I mean, I guess it's because a lot of our old guard left. Um, we have Maxime Schnell has two career goals against the Union uh, in eleven matches. Talis has a goal in four matches. Santi has six goal or one assist in six matches. So I mean, our guys don't. We don't have a guy that's like, oh yeah, this guy's a union killer. Like he can, he's gonna put us on his back. Um, but then we have got their guys are a little bit more seasoned. That they have, but we played twelve matches against Alejandro fucking Bedoya. He has three goals and an assist. Uh, Pendog has two goals on us in six matches. Carranza has a goal and two assists against us in three matches. And uh, someone tell me how to pronounce U H R E. He's like German. How do you, how do you pronounce Ure. Ure. He's... Ure? Ure, yeah. Ure. Um, Ure has uh, a goal a goal against us in two matches. Uh, and then th- their goalkeeper, who's been around for a long, long time, 
um, Andre Blake. Um, we've played in 15 matches against this guy. Um, in 15 matches, we scored 20 goals against him. So, I mean, it's not he's not this brick wall. Um, but he does have five clean sheets. So, in 15 matches, five clean sheets against New York City. Um, our, none of our goalkeepers have played against him. We actually have a goalkeeper on our team that we've played against on the other team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dunked on by Talos Magno. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard to to predict how this is going to go. I mean, I'm just inherently scared because they're a little bit more goal dangerous than we are at the moment. Um, they have guys who are proven MLS caliber, high caliber players. Uh, Daniel Gazdag has scored a bunch of goals in this league. Carranza has kind of had a revitalization penalties. revitalization from his time in, uh, in Miami and now, now, now in, uh, in Philly, uh, this Ure guy, um, I don't know where he came from, but he's, uh, he, he's stepped up and then, Bedoya is old. Um, his position has changed over the course of his career. He used to be more of like a winger, 10, and now he's more of like a holding six, eight type person. Um, and Andre Blake. Andre, Andre Blake is, I mean, I, as much as I don't like the Philadelphia Union, Andre Blake is, is, is one of the top three, two, two, three keepers in MLS. Um, I, I honestly don't know how he's still here. I thought he would have tested Europe by now. Um, but I think there's, I think there's something to hit. I think in order for him to get a, get, get a, uh, a work visa, I think his, I think Jamaica has to be ranked certain, um, level in the world. And I don't think they meet that criteria, but I've, I've heard that. I don't know if I haven't substantiated it or, or confirmed it, but that's just what I heard is the reason why you can't test Europe is because Jamaica isn't high enough on the, uh, on the, um, international rankings, ELO or whatever to, uh, to get him a work visa. Um, Ethan. Also, also yeah. uh, other, other than Jose Martinez, Kai Wagner, I, he always pisses me off. And Collins was much better than Jack Elliott last year. Should have been defender of the year. I agree. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Kai Wagner is Kai Wagner is uh, he's a very attacking left left back. Um, Somehow he's still here. I thought he would be gone. Yeah. Um, He's definitely someone to be. He's, he swings and crosses. He has a good left foot. I really, I if there's any player in MLS that I genuinely just really despise and hate, it's probably Jose Martinez. Um, he's just a dick. He's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, just he's like when I think of the Union, he's the guy I think of, and I just fucking hate him. He's just a prick. Um, Ethan, what do, what do you uh, what do you see? What do you envision for our starting eleven this weekend? So the, the... My biggest cushing, like, got about it most is the fullbacks, what he's doing right now. I mean, I get O'Toole a little bit, but he can't play defense. So it should be, it's going to be Barraza. Uh, and then I like Kufre, um, oh, and then Ilinich, and then Park, Sands, Mag. Pereira Siegel. Alright. Yeah. Christian, lineup. Uh it's gonna be Barraza and Net. Uh I'm not having that discussion again. Uh it should be Michi Ilinich and uh Brian Kufre at the fullbacks. Uh I, I don't know why it hasn't been these last several games. Uh squad rotation my ass, but uh moving on. Thiago Martins and Maxime Chenot at the center back positions. Keaton Parks and James Sands uh, as uh, well. I mean, it, Sands has been playing as a lone pivot a lot, but I'll, I'll I'll just put I'll just group them up together for 
the sake of clarity. So Keaton Parks and James Sands in the midfield. I'm going to go with Ledesma at uh, at the uh, the ten role, I guess you would call it. Talis Magno at left, Gab- Gabriel Pereira at right, and I'm not going to say Seagull C- uh, at striker. I'm going to say Santi comes back in. Davi. I don't know why, but I feel like Matt Freeze would be good in this game. I feel like something about it. I, I just feel like Matt Freeze would be good for this game. Uh, it's not going to happen, though. So, uh, Barraza, uh, let me. Barraza's going to be in goal. Kufre Nalanich has to start. They they have to fucking start. If they don't start, we're going to fucking lose. I'm, t- I'm calling it right now. If they don't start, we're going to lose the game. Straight up. If we if we don't play Kufre and Alenich, we're going to lose. Three for three. It's, 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 it's really just simple as that. Gray, Gray, Gray's not good enough. The coaching's holding him back. I don't know what the fuck kind of instructions he's getting from the coach, but it, it's it's quite clearly holding holding us back. I mean, you can see it in the fucking Red Bull game. He he, he has a throw in like close to the box, and he just fucking throws the ball twenty yards backwards, and it goes back to midfield. It just it just bring the Lenich back in, man. He's like. He's he's the real deal. Tavon, Tavon on the bench. Kufre, he's he's an actual left back. There's it's a no brainer. Center backs Chano and Martins, no brainer as well. So, the, that's my back line. Uh, midfield, Sands and Keaton. I just can't I just can't see another way around it. Um, there you go the Brazilians on the wingers, and then Santi is that is that a false nine? Um. I feel like if you kind of wanted to switch up the formation, I feel like you could bring in Siegel, but uh, he's probably going to go 4-3-3 again. So uh, Magno and Pereira on their respective sides, and then Santi is the false nine again. All right. Um, oh, with, 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 with Richie in the midfield as well. So my lineup, I, I, do, I, I do agree with uh, Davi's sentiment that this would be a good match for Matt Fries, if only because he was a part of this program for years. And uh, practice against these guys, so he might know their tendencies uh, and the the way they play and the way they shoot and stuff. But I I think it's gonna be Barraza, um, uh, Ilinich at right back, Kufre at left back, Chano and Martins in the middle. Um, I think that it's gonna be Sands and Parks uh, in that in that midfield. Um, but a little bit different from what you guys said. I think it's gonna be Santi at the ten, Gabia on the right, Talas on the left, and Segal up top. Um, I think that uh, I just think that. Cushing is going to re- reward Segal for scoring the, uh, that goal and, and putting in a good or a decent, at least a, a 20, a whatever, how many minute, minute shift he put in, 20 minute shift or whatever, to score that goal. Um, but also, I, th- I think that maybe uh, maybe Ledesma needs to uh, need, need to need to match on the uh, coming on as a reserve to kind of spark whatever is inside of in him in, inside of him intrinsically to motivate him to play a little bit better because he hasn't put in uh, great performances the past couple of matches. Um, I, I agree. I, I agree that uh, Ledesma yeah. hasn't played very, very, very well. But I also want to point out that this team desperately needs Spark off the bench. Yes. Like desperately. Like, like we don't, we don't have anybody that can provide it. Now, uh, I, I'm still going to say Ledesma starts this match, but I would not be opposed if C- if Siegel gets the start. Uh, uh, and or, or or you know, like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to see him over Santi, but I, I would not be opposed to seeing him over Ledesma and bringing in Ledesma, like. Uh, in like a 65th minute, 70th minute kind of situation. Because you can always tired legs. Cause... you can take Seagal off, move Santi up, and then have Ledesma play the ten. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea because we, you're right. We do need to spark off the bench. We need someone who can, who's a game changer, who can do some stuff coming on at sixty plus to run up tired legs in the back line. It just makes the Tiago and Josh transfer look absolutely more idiotic day by day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a case of the player wanting out, not us wanting him gone. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. He's, he's not here right now. So um, counting down not the ca- counting down the days to July fifth transfer window opening. Um, but yeah, I mean, so and we not even sign anyone. Um. <laughs> I, I agree that I think Kufre and Elenik needs need to get reintroduced to the starting lineup. I uh, I haven't been overly impressed with with what 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 we've been getting production wise from O'Toole and Gray. Um, I, I listened to Blue City Radio uh, to, uh, either today or yesterday, um, and uh, Jared DeBart uh, was talking about um, how uh, he th- he also thinks that Gray his future his ceiling is is more at like a center back position than it is at a true out and out right back position, and I I tend to agree with that. Um, and I mean, Elenik has, I mean, when he's been on the field, he's been dynamic. He's been dangerous, goal dangerous, like, like swinging crosses, making overlapping runs to the touchline, putting balls across the goal mouth. Like he just does dangerous stuff. He might not be as refined defensively, but with, with, uh, with, with, I mean, with, I know it's going to sound weird coming from my mouth, but me praising Tiago Martins, um, Tiago Martins and Chanel are, are, are definitely Tiago being on his side is Tiago's got the pace to run with just about anybody in the league. Um, and be able to sufficiently cover them uh, defensively, so it allows Micha to get forward more. Um, when 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 Tavon's on there, he tends to be a little bit more safe um, and reserved. He tends to stay back a little bit more. Um, so, so so two so two things really quick. A, I, I just want to point out, you don't have to feel weird about shouting out Tiago Martinez because he's been by far our best defender this season. Like like that's just period. Uh, and two, the thing is, I wouldn't be opposed to either either gray or even o'toole like getting starts but i never feel like they should ever be starting together like like if you if you insist yeah. on starting tavon gray at fullback then that's fine have brianne on the left uh insist on insist on o'toole that's that's too i i disagree because not back but that that's fine just make sure you have michael uh you know elenich at the other side somebody who actually has you know actual experience at these positions but the, the fact that he's been playing them both at the same time is in my opinion the real fucking problem here and yeah no i just i i don't understand it and i i, I and none of the avon gray kevin o'toole did either of them look all that impressive now i i don't hate either or o'toole i think they're both being played out of position right now however it's obvious that like when like you want to run like this kind of four three three system or four two three one whatever the fuck you know whatever variety of such that you want to describe it as having O'Toole and Gray on the pitch at the same time is just a recipe for disaster. It, it just it doesn't seem to it doesn't encourage you know uh, stability and it, it you're playing both players in my opinion. Uh, in the weaker, you know, the part as as like the like like in weak spots. Tavon Gray is very very good defensively, but as we've mentioned several times, he doesn't really offer much going forward. At least not since at least not post twenty twenty one. And O'Toole is offensively capable enough. However, I see him as more of like a wide midfielder, out and out winger type, as opposed to a fullback. Like that's just. And Cushing's insistence on benching Kufre, who, despite my criticism criticisms of him, I thought was improving week on a week by week basis. Uh, 
and the decision to bench Michi Ilinich, who I think has had a who has been the breakout star of our club this season, is just it's mind boggling. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, we've been trying to rationalize it the past couple podcasts with uh, within the review episodes of of, of why, why this is happening. And yeah. at first we and there's no good answers. At first we attributed it to like just squad rotation with 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 having all the away matches, but it just the continued tr- like so in in press conferences Cushing he he talks about he's like oh uh, the, the Dallas game like Dallas game like we had, we had great form during the Dallas game a good result good play blah blah blah. But then he so he keeps talking about it in terms of like comparing it to our current form on the on the on the road. But then our comeback, like this, the, the, like the, by our, I mean like Twitter and, and everyone coming back is saying it's like you keep referencing Dallas, but you haven't played the lineup that you used against Dallas. You haven't started Brian Kufre. You haven't started Elenic. So all the good things you're talking about are negated because you're not you're not trotting out the lineup that had quote unquote all this success against FC Dallas. So how how can you reference something that isn't a carbon copy of what you've been rolling out for the past five matches away? It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, at this point, it feels personal. That's what that's <laughs> yeah. what, it feels. It feels personal at this point to me. Like I, I like I don't know what's been going on in that locker room or what's been going on during training, but something is fucking a like like a foot here, like in this in this situation. And I know e- Ethan, what's your what's your takeaway from this entire situation? I'm on your side there. Like, I get look, the theory is O'Toole's an attacking player and Gray's more defensive. And and yes, Gray's injuries have made him worse attacking over time because he wasn't this bad in 2021. Or he actually whipped in some good crosses. But Kevin O'Toole is just not good for attacking to rationalize that. And it just brings Pereira to a more wingback type role in a buildup, which. On him there when he's the guy that's actually whipping in the best shots from all over the field. So, I mean, earlier Tiago has been maybe our best player all year. And, I mean, seeing him in the huddle in Orlando is maybe my favorite thing I've seen all year. I don't get it because I, I don't understand. Like, his voice is just <laughs> gone all the time. His voice. It's the worst of all time. But it's, like, good to see some fire after a late result and I don't know if he could pick everybody else up but he's been good enough to allow Ilinich to be that winger that you need so he- heading into this match I-, I guess it begs the question where are our goals going to come from because I mean Gabe Segal scored in the 80 whatever minute against uh, in, the- in the last match um, so like in terms of confidence going into this match against Philly, like in theory, where where are our goals going to come from? Like, who who could we lean on to say, like, hey, go out and win this like, committee, go out and win this match? Like, if I were to place a bet on like any time goal scoring odds, I honestly have no idea who I'd pick. But this seems like a game where Parks has to get in the box. Uh, yeah, uh, but I'm I'm gonna go. I'm going to go out and say that it's still Gabby Pereira until further notice because uh, Gabby Pereira, even though he hasn't been scoring as much in recent weeks, he's been threatening the goal with some really decent shots. Uh, obviously, there was like that opening uh, shot against Red Bull with, in which it just clicked off the outside post. And, you know, if that's if that's a few inches inside, you know, maybe we're maybe that that the complexion of that entire game changes right there. 
Um, and also he had some decent shots uh, last week against Orlando, uh, including like one that was had a lot of pace on it from outside the box. It looked like it was, I mean, it was a low percentage shot and it, you know, and, the ch- and it needs to be 100% precise in order to go in, but it's still like tested Galassi, uh well enough to, you know, more, more than it should have. And, but I also think that right now, this is like, like, like until the summer, this is going to happen. It, it's where the goals have to come from. It's got, it, it's got to, I don't know where they're going to come from, where they have to come from is by committee. Uh, you're going to need Gabriel Pereira to score some of his worldies. You're going to need Gabe Siegel to continue to uh, stack up MLS goals. You're going to need Santi Rodriguez to refine that form that he had on, on that home stretch where he was, uh, where he was getting some goals. You're going to need, uh, Talis Magno to, to, you know, to also refine his goal scoring for him. He had some, you know, he had a few decent goals in, in the beginning of the season, but really, you know, not, not much since then. So it, it, it's going to have to be, and, and like uh, Ethan said, you're going to need Keaton Parks, uh, to make those late runs kind of like we saw, uh, I think it was, I think that was the Dallas game. Was it not, uh, that, that, uh, late run that he had with, uh, Michel and cross and scoring the goal. It was like, like in the, very early in the first half, if I recall correctly. Nashville. Oh uh, yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Um, Encyclopedia Davi. Yeah. yeah you're going to need, you're, you're, you just need everybody to like step up their game just a little bit more. Uh, I, I mean, unless Cabe Siegel is about to become, uh, a, 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 a you know the guy, and I don't, and I don't foresee that happening. Uh, here, here's the thing, and I, I don't mean to go on a rant here. I know, and I know, Andrew likes to call me rant, but and he's going to be listening to this. Well, you know, it, it's it's part of my charm. Uh, I, what we really need to see is just everybody step up their collect, collective game. I I, I want. I, I would like to see Siegel. I don't even remember like where I was, but uh, I would like to see Siegel, you know, step up and like maybe like not make that goal again an isolated incident. Uh, I'd Talis Magno start playing up to his potential. I'd like Abby Pereira to find, uh, refine that goal scoring form, and I'd like to see. Son, son, I would like to see Ledesma score his first because we're still waiting for his first. He's had some, you know, decent opportunities. He's created a few, but hasn't like really shown much in the goal scoring department yet. I just there's a there's a lot of factors right now with this team, but there's no true goal scorer on the team, and that's like the one thing that I think that we're missing. And but despite that, at home we've been pretty good at scoring goals uh, overall. So uh, outside of the Atlanta match, and uh, yeah, no, I, I I do think that this is helped out by the fact that we are home because everybody in the attack, especially, seems to kick it up into high gear. I'd like to see Tallis do a little bit more of what he did uh, against Orlando with using that left peg to uh, to swing in some hard balls across the face of the goal to allow our allow our nine allow our nine or somebody to, to just like just redirect it into the net or get a nice shot on frame. I mean, it's him developing that left foot on the on the left side of the field that's going to make him more dangerous because it makes it him less predictable. And that this also goes for Gabby on the right. The more that we can get him use, getting him using his right foot and comfortable. Using his right foot, the more dangerous he becomes because now the defenders won't know, okay, this guy always cuts into the inside and always hits that finesse shot to the far post. It makes him less predictable and, 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 and uh, harder to defend. Um, something worth noting in this match, the match referee is none other than Guido Gonzalez Jr. Guido Gonzalez Jr. has one match refereed in this New York City-Philadelphia series, and that match came on... November 7th, 2021. Who can tell me what match that was? 
Decision Day. That was Decision Day. Was the Eastern Conference Final? Which one? Decision Day. And what happened on Decision Day in 2021? Gideon Zalalem. Gideon got a red card. And we managed to fight and get a 1-1 draw at Yankee Stadium. That is, that is his only match refereed in this series, and that is who will be the head match referee this weekend. In fact, there was actually times in that game where we actually could have scored. We actually looked at like the better team in times of that, especially in the second half. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, did, I just remember happy. I just remember that happening, and like, oh crap! Like we, we really needed a, we really want need, wanted and needed to win that day, and I was like, once that red card happened, I was just like, oh my. Like that's good. that's that's the game Tati sealed his golden boot. Yeah. Um, just one other quick note. Um, goals for goals against in this series when at home. Um, New York City has scored seventeen goals for and has conceded eleven. So we we've definitely scored six goals more than we've conceded. Um, but that also goes back to the entirety of the series, back to the 15, 16, 17, 18 years when they when Philadelphia wasn't necessarily very good. Um. I think now is as good time as ever to, to go into predictions. Uh, Ethan, what are we thinking for result for this Saturday at City Field? Turn in a little bit. I'm going one nothing win. Oh. Okay. About time. It's about time for a clean sheet. Who scores for um, us? Uh, with a Gabby goal. Gabby goal. Safe bet. Christian, prediction. Uh, so, as I alluded to earlier, very, very optimistic, and I'm very, very excited. I have no fear going into this game at all. I know I didn't have any fear going to the Red Bull game. I probably should have, considering that we're shit on the road. But this is a home game. We're in our element. We're in front of our people. It's City Field, where, like I've always said, the vibe is just something else out of this world even better than yankee stadium i'm just going to say it i love yankee stadium games but city field is where it's fucking at uh we we're coming into this game hungry and hopefully motivated to erase uh well i mean there's no erasing it but in their minds erase this horrible spell form that we've had on the road against a rival I think that adds all the motivation that that those are all the ingredients you need to be motivated. If that doesn't motivate you, then I don't know what will. I'm going two nil, and I got uh, and I got Talis scoring a brace. Talis scoring a brace. I mean, I would fucking love that, and I need that guy to step up and start putting the ball in the back of the net regularly and putting the team on his back. Well, I wanted to I wanted to keep in the theme with uh, I I will my house on that but keeping theme with him scoring the goal that got us through to the mls cup final against philly and the little dance that he did i watched that clip to give me i watched that clip to give me some much needed dopamine this week uh and and also show show it to my girlfriend to educate her on the rivalry and how you know how it got to this point and the major players that uh you know are that are fixtures of it at least in this recent you know last few year stretch and yeah no i i would love nothing more than for philly to just get irrational anger once they see that majestic afro coming towards them. <laughs> Dobby, prediction. Boy, how negative I've been in this episode. I think we're going to win. I, I, you know, put, it, put it on me. I th- we're, we're going three for three. We're, we're going to win all three games at home. We're, we're, we're winning the next three. What's, Hands down, we're what, winning the next three. What scoreline you got this game? I'm going to go with Christian's Christian's a scoreline. I'm going two 0 I'm gonna go with a goal for uh, Gabriel Pereira 
And then I'm going to go with a goal. Uh, Gabe's a goal off the bench. He gets his first goal at home. Well, his first home goal, his second goal of the season, but his first goal in front of the home crowd. So um, I can tell you the minutes. I'm going to I'm going to go specific. I'm going to tell you the minutes. It's going to happen. <laughs> We haven't we haven't spoken on here in a while, so I might as well just uh, might as well just say something. All right, so um, I think first fifteen minutes it's gonna be KG. Uh nerves again for me. I'm gonna be nervous in my seat. I'm gonna be trembling in my seat. Um, despite despite it being probably gonna be sunny in like seventy seventy what like seventy five or something like that. I'm gonna be trembling in my seat because because I'm nervous. Because uh, this this team has not been good. Uh, so first 15 minutes is going to be cagey. Uh, it's going to be a little chippy. And then I think in the 25th minute, we're going to see a Gabriel Pereira thunder cut from outside the box. Andre Blake is going to get a hand on it, but it's not going to be enough for, for it to stop it going into the top corner. It's going to be 1-0. We're going to dominate them throughout the, the rest of the half. Halftime, 1-0. Second half, we're going to... Same same thing as the as the first half. We're gonna keep peppering that goal, and then around the 65th minute, we're gonna see a sub. We're gonna see Gabe Segal come in after after getting his first goal as a professional, and then in the 75th minute, Gabe Segal is gonna have an easy tapping from two yards out after Andre Blake makes an incredible save that he pulls out of his ass, and it's gonna be two nil, and that's gonna be the that's gonna be how the game the game ends two nil, and no pe- no penalty for Pendag either. All right, so we got two two nils, and Ethan, what'd you say again? No. What'd you say? No. Two nil. One nil. One nil. He had one. One zero. One nil. All right, so I am going with a two one victory for New York City Football Club. Um, I have I have Talis scoring, and I have Gabriel Pereira scoring, and the one goal for the Union is going to be Daniel Gazdag. And I have a little fun, another fun MLS app fact. Daniel, is that, Ga- that going to be off a penalty or is that going to be on open play? It's for sure going to be off of a penalty. Daniel Gazdag has scored his 13th career regular season penalty goal this past Saturday on his 13th attempt from the spot, giving him the best 100% penalty record in MLS history. One of those 13 attempts, Gazdag has gone to the left four times, to the right uh, five times, and down the middle four times. So, I mean, this guy is like... I want to go. I want to. I mean, if I'm ever bored one day, I'm going to go back and look to see, like, over the past two seasons, if 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 the Philadelphia Union lead the MLS in penalties awarded. Because every time I go to check their scores, I feel like they're always having a PK goal in almost every match they play. They're given a ridiculous amount of PKs. I'm going to stop you right there. But he didn't make the one that counted, which was an MLS Cup. He slipped like a buffoon. <laughs> this is regular season. Um, and the, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I think I think we are, we're going to come out with a two two one win. Um, I do think it's important for us to score first, uh, whether it's home or away. I, we, we just we're not a team that's built to uh, to come, overcome a deficit. Um, I know I said two one with with a penalty kick, but uh, three keys to the game that I have written down: no PKs. Don't get don't don't concede a PK to this team. They're a bunch of they're they're the Philadelphia swimming and diving team. They're constantly getting fucking PKs. Um, don't seed. Don't don't concede the first goal, um, and then three is uh, play the game. Don't feed into the Philly BS, which kind of goes into what Dobby was saying during his uh, iteration of what he thinks is going to happen with the chippiness and the, the 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 just Jose Martinez being a dick and all the animosity of the players 
and all these all the storylines about the layers of, of the rivalry don't feed into it just go out there and play your game um, p- play how we how Christian and everyone and all of us know that we uh, we have the potential to play at home um, and and shake off whatever this road fucking form was and get back to winning games I mean do I do I hope in my heart of hearts that Davi's correct in saying that we're going to go on a three game tear here and win all three of our games at home I fucking hope so because the last month has been fucking miserable with all these losses and the and the, and, and, and the, the a draw is not really much to hang your hat on um especially when it was a uh, it was a last second effort to 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 secure the draw um yeah, I just want to get back to winning because I know this club can win. Um, and I know that we have the players. We have players on this team that we, that we can we can do some damage in MLS. Like we're not we're not barren. Like we don't have it's not we're not out here with nobody. Yeah, we don't have a nine, but we still have guys who should be able to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and I know I've been hearing a lot of the podcast that people are giving Cushing a pass, saying that he, I mean he doesn't have the, the the tools in the shed and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's a professional soccer coach and he has professional soccer players on this team and you have to figure it the fuck out. You have to find a formation that plays to your strengths and, 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 and can, and find, we're paying these guys a lot of money to, to do well. Um, Talis is getting paid well to, to be, I mean, he, he wants to get sold on. He wants to, he wants to create a, a, a resume to move on to a better league and a better team and, and launch his career. I mean, he, in order to do that, he has to produce. Uh, Gabi, we need him to produce. Uh, I, we, we were talking about in preseason that everyone's talking about Talos. We're all over here like, you need to watch out for Gabi because Gabi, Gabi can do it. Gabi has he has the stuff. He he can he can create moments of brilliance. He has that in him. Um, I, I, here's the thing too. It, 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 if Cushing doesn't have make a good account of himself, especially in this game, I'm not even to say during this home stretch. I'm saying this game because I'm going to keep the focus on this game. If that seat's not hot then I don't know what will make it hot because uh, like, listen, you can say whatever you want about like road form, this, that, and the other thing. There is no excuse for this team with the talent that, that, that is on it. And you just mentioned it, Joe, this team is not devoid of talent. We're not like, we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent. There's plenty of players on, we're definitely probably scraping the bottom of the barrel for a nine specifically, but when it comes to actual like quality of the overall squad, NYCFC is in good shape. And there's no excuse for us to be dropping games against the likes of Red Bull, even when you're on the road, quote unquote. But the thing is, if Cushing fails to get a, a three points, I'm not even going to say a positive result because I don't even consider a draw against this team at home a positive result. If it's not three points, then get the in my opinion. But I just, it, it, I understand that. NYCFC and CFG at large is probably content with allowing Cushing to have the uh, the board, you know, the, the clipboard until the end of the season. And I get it. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying that I'm not I wouldn't argue in this. And anybody who doesn't believe me can listen to how I spoke about Cushing in the last few pods. Uh, I'm not uh, arguing in favor of this, but there can an argument can be formulated about him not having the depth uh like to really compete on the road especially during what when games are coming at you fast and furious like 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 to it like like two a week over the span of two straight weeks like like you know four games in two weeks like i i I get it like an argument can be made there however just i i i still don't i i i would find anything less than three points here to be unacceptable 
And if you can't figure out to win with this team against, uh, and I'm saying, I know I'm repeating the same talking points that I did with the Red, with, with Red Bull, but it, st- it still stands true. Philly has been a rather mediocre team this year. They are not what they once were. You can argue that they're still competitive. You can argue that their result against the Revs was uh, uh, was a, de- a very good result and possibly a shot in the arm. However, you're you're coming off of a five game away stretch to a home game, a much needed home game after a much needed week and a half break. If you don't get, if you can't find it in you to get three points here. Then I don't. There, there is no excuse for that, you know. Especially with how dominant we have been at home at, since God knows when, you know. And just, yeah, no, like, I, I if, if he loses this game, his seat better be hot. Uh, well, it, it better be, if it wasn't already. And the starting eleven will say a lot about, like, his choices because there's no rest excuse. Like you said, it's ten days. One hundred percent. Yeah, everyone should. Everyone yeah. got to go hang out with their families for the, for the week, and everyone should be completely healthy and re- and refreshed and ready to get after it. If he starts O'Toole and Gray in this game again, or if he does something even weirder, like starts hack over fucking Sands, uh, like I am going to be fucking infuriated. I know that just by mentioning that, I'm probably speaking it into existence, and that's exactly what the fucking lineup card gonna say on saturday and but if i see any weird shit there is no need for fucking ross like rotation right now none after a 10-day break a 10-day layoff especially when nobody else has gotten that especially when philly didn't get that no no is is the only thing i can come up to say i better if you if he starts o'toole and fucking gray in this game again, I'm going to find it. What I'm going to, I'm in my head. I will start to think that he is holding grudges, and he is not, and he is, he is not playing his best eleven. I seriously question his ability to lead. All right. No, so what, what, I, I, I've said it earlier. I think if he starts O'Toole and Gray, we're going to fucking lose the game. Simple as that. So we're gonna lose w- the game. would it be justified? I'm going to take it a step further. Would it be justified for us to collectively lose our fucking shit? If for any reason we see Matias Pellegrini or Andres Jason on the, on the lineup card, yes, yeah, yeah I'll lose my shit. Bar, barring an injury, because they do happen, you know, and we've seen it train. We, we shit this season. We we haven't just seen injuries in training. We've seen injuries in pregame fucking warmups. So <laughs> it, it, it it's possible and it can happen. Barring that. If you're not playing your best 11, and I mean your best 11, Barraza notwithstanding, we can have that debate another day. I'm tired of having it. It's, it's, it, it, that debate's done in my head. Uh, Barraza notwithstanding, if you're not playing your best 11 in this game, go fuck yourself. Like, like period. That's it. Like, they're, they're, this is a rivalry game. You are coming off of a terrible stretch of form. You need to start collecting wins. And, and, and the more wins you collect now, the more momentum you can gain during the during that summer transfer window, when you can bring in a true nine, when you can bring in some actual depth and actually make a push towards the top of the Eastern Conference, you know, like, the, the time to win is now. Like, you can't, like, let, let too many results slip through your fucking fingers, especially at home. Especially if to a not, rival. You, we already lost to one rival. You can't lose to the other. This, if you're not going to get it done, if you're not going to get it done on the road, you sure as shit better get it done at home. And this stretch is tough, man. I mean, we have, so Saturday is Philly. 
Then we come back Wednesday on a short short rest. Wednesday, Cincinnati, top of the East, and then and then Saturday against the Revs, and they're also top. Like so, it's a, it's a fucking tough stretch. This is a tough stretch. This is gonna, this, this tough, three games is going to tell us a lot about this team. It's a tough stretch, but we but I mean, Nashville is second, you know, in the East, and we made them look pedestrian when we faced them at home. You know, obviously this team finds another gear at home, and I'm expecting at least a bare minimum of seven points in, in this, yeah, in this three game track. I agree. If you don't get, if you don't get seven points, that's a failure. Mm-hmm. If you lose any of these games, that's a failure point blank period. Yeah. Seven points is the, is the bar. That's the bar. I agree. Um, so I'd like to, uh, uh, so where, Wait, hold up. yeah. What? Yeah. To the people that say Cushing doesn't have enough depth to compete on the road. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit! I call bullshit for for the well, actually no no for for the people uh, I misspoke for people that are giving him a pass because he's for for him losing all these games on the road bullshit. You need a reality check straight up straight up dog. You need a reality check. I mean I'm Fucking not I'm bullshit. not I'm not I'm I, not giving this guy passes. This this I, guy fumbled the, the 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 January window. This guy we should well, have brought more. I mean players it's David Lee, the, David Lee is the window guy. Yeah, true, but still like. It, it, it's both of them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame both of them, more so David Lee than Cushing. But still, like, I'll blame Cushing for the results and the way we play, and then we blame David Lee for the lack of transfers in the in the, in the window. I think both of them okay, absolutely but, fucking fumbled. Okay, but can I ask you a question? Do we have depth in this team right now? Do we have depth? at certain positions? No, no, like, no. Uh, in general. That's why, that's why that's why I misspoke. I went back on it for for the people giving him a pass, uh, for for. For losing these games, but, but do you not think that an argument can be made that we don't have depth? Like, like do, you don't think that that argument can like be like feasibly laid out and like spelled out? Like, because like right now I'm cushing out. Like, there's there's no hiding it. I've made it abundantly clear that I'm cushing out. However, oh, I've been cushing out for a while, mate. Uh, however, I'm also open to somebody laying something out for me and explaining it to me, uh, and 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 putting forth a compelling argument that. This team is not built to win a lot, especially on the road right now. And like when you have games in quick succession right now, because I mean, like, like, just think about it. I mean, who's the backup to Gabriel Pereira right now? Jason. I, I would say Matias Pellegrini Matias more Pellegrini. directly, but, uh, but, but, but I mean, even so the point stands, Andres Jason is the depth on the other side of the pitch. Uh, like, so like either or. And we've seen Matias Pellegrini. Has anybody seen anything from Matias Pellegrini to justify that fucking seven-figure contract that he's currently on? No, he needs to turn the fuck up. If you're going to earn that money, turn the fuck up. How many times have we criticized Jason on this podcast? I mean, I'm I'm a a, a fan. I'm I'm with with, uh, Coach Gio on this one. I'm a fan of the dark arts, and I appreciate anybody who who is good at them. But, I mean, how many times have we blasted fucking Jason the fuck out on – on this podcast uh gabe siegel how frustrated how, i mean despite the fact that the team did play better when siegel was entered into the starting 11 and everybody was able to be shuffled into more or less their natural positions we've all had complaints about siegel's uh, like general ability like individual ability at the nine i mean who's the who's the fucking uh depth for keaton parks and james sands that's fucking alfredo morales and justin hack justin hack we've had problems with forever and alfredo has been a shell of his former self this season don't even get me started on the depth at center back if we're going if we're going to take the nycfc view that Tavon gray is an it is a right back and that is his position then what's the depth at center back 
Tony Alfaro. Tony Alfaro. Yeah. And it, like, need I say more? Yeah. And, uh, and we've seen Kwaku Kwaku Usu. Yeah, yeah. Who has who has like what like a handful of MLS minutes under his belt? Yeah, but it's, still, yeah, but it's like, the same thing with Steven Turnbull at right back. He's our he. I mean, yeah. he's our third string or second string right back. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and we've already talked about who's be and you know and Tavon Gray immediately goes to you know that immediately transitions to Mitch Ilinich, you know like like the quality behind Ilinich and O'Toole immediately is you know that the quality behind Kufre. And with goalkeeper, we still don't even know who's good and who's bad because Baraz is fucking Jekyll and Hyde and and Matt Freese is in fucking witness protection. So, like, I, there is a case to be made that the depth isn't isn't what it is. And I'm willing to go back on it if, like, after the summer transfer window, this team tools up and starts performing very, very well. I Like, like I can be turned. I am not. This is a very fluid situation. I'm not. I don't like to speak in absolutes. I mean, I do on occasion, but I try not to because things in like of this nature are hardly ever, you know, black and white. There's usually layer, several layers of gray, you know, that you know you can analyze and 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 so case be made that the depth isn't good. But the thing is, fact, I don't care about the depth. You've had a ten day break and you're at home. You know, nothing needs to be said other than that. You know what I mean? Ethan, what do you think the temperature is on Cushing's chair, his seat? Because, you know, I yes, the team's depth is pretty bad right now. Uh, there's no excuse from David Lee's end, but you can't use that as an excuse. And my biggest like, Cushing-ism that I hate, other than when we say how much we control the ball after we go behind, is that he'll talk up the French players so much, and then he won't do anything about it. Like, he'll say, uh, Kevin O'Toole should get some run. Well, that's the only one that he does. But, like, Gabe Siegel started for two games, and we were playing fine, and then until Orlando, he didn't play at all. He was just a useless bench player. Pellegrini, uh, I think that, like, he was fine at progressing the ball. Until I learned his salary cap, I thought that's what his role should be. Now I know he has to step it up more. But I wish he would just be consistent with who he uses off the bench and it's it's either you know like nine ten players or bust and well it, it what about it's the, just kind of like uh what about the red bull match when he only makes one substitution and he has like matias pellegrini sitting there at the end of the bench and he opts not to bring him on he, he opts not I, to bring on a million dollar player i i, I was I literally yeah. i was i was a li- i was literally about to bring that up that is what has me crushing out right now the fact that we were down one nil for in a derby match and we brought on one substitution and let everybody else listen because even if something doesn't happen even if you don't get a result in that game at least you use everything at your disposal to try to win that match and also the fact that he didn't how how do those players how do you expect those players to feel obviously something wasn't working you have to you you can't just throw shit at the wall for 90 minutes the same shit because the players have, yeah, because the players have fucking eyes too. They can see that something's not working on the pitch, and in their minds, whether or not we, as fans and pundits, whatever you want to call us, think so or not, all those players in their own minds are thinking that moment. I can make a difference in this game, and I can be the difference, and I can get us over this hump. And what does it say to them as a coach when you don't, when you pick one of them, and it's in the 90th minute, out of five possible changes that you could have made, uh, like. That that's my issue with Cushing right now. Uh, like, like we can talk about the depth and everything. The thing is, he isn't even using what little depth he has. Uh, he, he, and 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 in my opinion, 
he's lost the locker room. And I think that like some uh, anecdotal work that have been made over the weeks are proof of the players expressing to fans that, yeah, this is fucking stupid. Like, I, I don't think Cushing has the locker room. That's my big issue with Cushing right now. I don't think Cushing has the locker room. That's Cushing out right now. It's not just the bad results. It's not, you know, not, you know, him just being him, himself, you know, him being Cushing. You know, his press conference performances are fucking hilarious in a very not good way. The but, worst speak I've ever heard. He's terrible. Um, it's just all corpo speak. You know, like I felt like that we really. It's like when a, it's like when a video game developer publishes a bad as well. We endeavored to make the best possible game. It's like no, the fuck you didn't. You put out a game to make a quick buck. Go fuck yourself. Uh, it, it's it, it's like it's like one of those situations where like how can I believe in you when it's like it, you don't even believe in the fucking players at your disposal. Nothing to lose if he puts in a seagull in the seventieth minute. Like he tried. Eagle, Mitya could have made a difference in that game. Let Matias Pellegrini try to earn his contract in a Derby match. We'll all remember him for that if he shows up in that game. You know, let, let anybody. Dude, the fucking scenes of Mati just curls one into the bottom corner of the 90th minute to secure a point. It's or, or, just that 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 would have changed our whole complexion of what? how Matias is perceived at the club. Like I understand that Joe has his like criticisms of Ronnie's you know in-game management, but Pushing's makes Ronnie look like an in-game tactical genius by comparison. <laughs> you make them look like Pep Guardiola. Spe- speaking of that <laughs> bastard, he got a new job this week. Yes, a better one. Ronnie a bastard. He's a bastard. He, he got a better job. He got a better job. He got a club, Bruges, who's one of the rated clubs in Belgium, and he's going to be competing in Champions League. I think. I think Bruges made it. Yeah, he hops he hops from club to club like it's nobody's business, but uh, good for him. Um, it seems to be a band-aid solution for clubs. Let's win now, and then if he wants to leave in a year or two, then let him. Like, and that's fine. I'm fine with him being a like a kind of like a fixer. Like, like I like, like like I said last week, the wolf from Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Harvey Keitel. So, um, Ethan, what uh, what time have you figured out? What time this match is going to kick off at? Uh, Athens time. <laughs> I'm going to. It's probably. It's hours ahead, I think. So I'm. I'm probably gonna delay it and wake up and then watch it. And the wife's gonna allow that. <laughs> Sneak out outside. <laughs> uh, well, so um, I think this. Th- I think this is gonna be one of the first or second match that um, are all three of us gonna be at the match this weekend, Davi? Yeah, I'm going. Davi's there. Christian, you'll be there. I will be there, and uh, I, I said it earlier, I kind of alluded to it, uh, my girlfriend will be going to her first ever NYCFC match, she has not been to one, so I'm very excited to bring her to there, bring her to that, she will be in the supporter section with me, awesome. so she'll get a very she'll get a very pure taste of NYCFC supporter culture, like right from the get-go, she'll get to meet my boys, uh, I assume she'll meet you and Davi, uh, we'll probably link up with the regulars like Felix and, and Nico slash fuck chop cheese. Fuck, <laughs> fuck chop cheese. Uh, yeah, fuck chop cheese. Uh, and you know, like, like, and yes, no, she. Uh, uh, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. It's gonna be a, uh, gonna be a whole, gonna be an absolute fucking scene, and uh, I, I can't wait for it. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm gonna be very, a lot of sleepless nights before here and there, out of excitement, not worry. Davi, where will you be in the stadium? What section are you in? Probably behind the other goal. Uh, opposite of supporter section. 
Opposite. Uh, so mainly because my dad. Mainly because my dad's going. He he doesn't like standing. He wants to sit down and watch the game. Like you. I will be. So. I will be in section three thirty seven in the upper upper deck, mid midfield. That's probably posted up. Um, you guys are some fucking lame. I'm like <laughs> I. I talk to them. So I mean I'm gonna plug real quick. I I got this I, I got this quarter zip in the mail today. Uh, it was a fundraiser, not a fundraiser, charity. Um, city in the community. Um, uh, uh, had a uh, had a bidding thing where you could go on and buy match worn stuff and, and practice worn stuff from some of the players for pretty cheap. Um, so they sent me a uh, Maxime Cheneau number four uh, practice top from last year. Um, it's, I am just so grateful you're not wearing a fucking union kit. Wearing a Metro Stars kit was really bad, and I don't. I, please don't ever wear anything Philly. I actually I have a lot of union stuff because my my college roommate played for the union, but I don't wear it anymore. So, um, but uh, but yeah. So pl- I'm plugging in that. So check out the city in the community. Um, with their uh, you're able to get some cool stuff that they have. I think up there they have a Luis Barraza signed practice jersey and. Uh, some other stuff that's that's pretty cool. They got game shorts and other all that good stuff from last season. Um, also, shout out to the shout out to the Baby Blues. NYCFC two defeated Toronto FC two tonight, three to one. Uh, goals scored by DePonzio, Beer, and JJ Jimenez. Uh, JJ Jimenez put in a, a good shift. Um, uh, but man of the match went to DePonzio, who scored uh, the first goal in the forty first minute. Um, or at a youth camp, right? Huh? McFarlane and Carrizo got called up for youth camp, right? They did. They did. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, actually, I, I, got... I think Beer did, too. I think Beer did, too. Beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Beer, score, beer scored in this game, so he's definitely with NYCFC, unless there's two Beers. Uh, but he... Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, three NYCFC players are representing the, the, the youth, the young Yanks. Yeah. I like it. So he came. He came on as a sub. Beer did. He came on and scored as a sub. He scored in the fifty-eighth minute in the second half. Um, I would like to watch that game. I, actually, I didn't. I didn't know that it, it was. It started when I was at work. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, as long as they're getting results, uh, that's good. Hopefully, MD Myers started a striker. Uh, super draft pick. Um, didn't score a goal in this game, but he put in. A, it looks like he put in a good shift. Seven point three. I haven't seen a single NYCFC team match this. Oh, I, I went. I, I haven't seen a. I went to the baby Darby, the Hudson River Hudson River uh, Junior <laughs> Darby. How did that game go? I didn't. I didn't uh, it was it was pretty good. The the, uh, the 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 Dead Bulls they they pulled some fucking some bullshit and started fucking Elias Manuel, their fucking first team striker. Um, they started him in the, in the match at striker. He scored a PK, um, and we ended up losing two two nil. Uh, but uh, there was some players that were impressive, and other players that you can tell still uh, still aren't ready. Um, Cariso had some good moments and had some moments where, uh, he looked like he was just getting bullied around. And then, uh, someone who I was looking forward to watching and thought he would imp- impart his, just his skill and his will on this, on that match was, uh, was Christian McFarlane at left back. And I, I wasn't really overly impressed with what product he put out in that particular match, but I need to see more of him. I can't just draw a conclusion from one match. So, um, uh, but yeah, so, um, I'm excited for for the for the game this weekend. Uh, it, it'll be good to be back back home, even though we got to see the boys briefly play at Red Bull um, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I'm excited to uh, to be back in the confines of, of City Field and Yankee Stadium. Uh, this we're, I mean, we're gonna have we have a lot of games. like it's it's Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's we have a lot of games coming up, home games coming up here in this in this little stretch. So buckle up. Get ready. We need. We need. We, uh, it's coming at you fast. I mean, we, we, this ten days felt like a month. <laughs> it felt like a month off, but now it's coming. We're, we're back at it again. 
Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully, we put some good performances. And I'm not. Fo- I'm, I have like one foot on the Cushing out train. Um, if we don't do well against uh, in this in this home stretch with these three matches, if we don't get at least seven points, um, then uh, I'm uh, then I might be officially two feet on the train um, and officially going to the local target and making signs to bring to the games. <laughs> Got one foot on a train, Are you, dude. You must be a fucking exhausted and b injured like mortally. No, well, I mean, it is a bit of exhaustion. Like, it is a bit of, like, like just, like, it's just the same shit away. I built the train, by the way. I built the train. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give him a chance to, I mean, I need to, we need, we need to win matches. Not every match, just a so far this season, a match. But we need to win, like, a couple matches on the road. We can't just go goose egg. We can't just get blanked. Or beaten on the road every single fucking time. We have to start winning on the road. Would you say you would you say you empathize with the lack of depth that's in the team? No, possibly, perhaps. No, no. Okay, no. He he ha- so, so he why, has the pieces why, that he can win with. He's just his so his just substitutions are just mind boggling that he just doesn't he doesn't use them. What are we gonna say? So why just one foot? Why just one foot? I guess I'm being worn down by by the people on social media, like just like saying that we shouldn't be that that he needs like a I mean it, I. So Jonathan Sanchez on, on NYCFC Forever today said that like what like legit like legit what happens if for some reason we do not bring in a nine in this in the summer transfer window like it just doesn't happen like we either the, the, the numbers aren't met NYCFC is being a little bit frugal and doesn't want to shell out some money because they because they don't see the return investment being too high and they don't go out and get like a band aid like someone like um, ever. Someone in the mold of a bear, someone who's 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 not going to light the world on fire, but is a serviceable nine. Like if we well, le- if do, we I... if we legit just don't bring in a nine, not only do I think Nick Cushing, if he's not getting results with the players that he has, but also I mean I think David Lee's head is on the chopping block a little bit too. If we don't bring in reinforcements, so 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 here's the thing. So if they don't bring a nine, and I'm not making any excuses or defenses here, I'm just I'm just I'm being practical uh, uh, and, and pragmatic, if you will. Uh, like you have to remember, like, like this goes back to the Dome story and why he left. Abair was their ninth choice uh, on, on a piece of paper, and 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 for a lot of those choices that they wanted to come, they couldn't come to a number that they uh, like, like their transfer fees and wage and wage demands are very very high. This is also a team that doesn't have any DP spots available right now, so keep that in mind. And also, there was also a lot of players in that in that list of eight players that preceded Abair who just didn't want to fucking play in MLS. As well, so like like th- th- there's multiple factors in play, like like you know wh- when it comes to like getting a striker. Um, I yeah, but that'll be three. That'll be three reason- windows we go without getting a replacement. The only reason why I am fully aboard the Cushing out train is because there are options available outside of Cushing. So right now, every single s- spot, all I believe there's 29 teams in MLS right now. Correct, 29. Yes. Until San Diego continues. Yeah. All twenty nine. All twenty nine teams have a full time coach right now. There are no interims right now. Uh, and though no, no, there is one, Red Bull, uh, Gerhard Struber uh, lost oh. his job. Um, Chicago. Oh, Chicago as well. So okay. So now there's a little bit of competition. But Tata Martino, a manager who had tons of success with Atlanta, and a guy who was kind of set up to be a fall guy in Mexico because Mexico just isn't built right now to be super competitive on the international stage. Tata Martino has espoused his love for MLS and has all but said that he would love to come back 
uh, in the immediate future. He turned down uh, his the opportunity to return to uh, Argentina and coach Boca, uh, and he's still in the market, so he's available. And now with Claudio Reyna out, I don't see a pathway to mending fences with Dome out of the uh, at, at, like outside the pos- outside the realm of possibility. That's a little bit more far fetched, but I don't. I think. David Lee would probably get on a lot better with Dome than Claudio Reyna did with Dome. And we now know that Claudio Reyna is a bit of a piece of shit. So, you know, that definitely sheds some light on that situation. I, I empathize with the depth situation. I do. Like, I, I do. Because I, I, I've mentioned in the pod, the drop-off in quality from our starters to the guys that were supposed to be backing is vast. Like, there is a, there is a like a lot there is a big gulf in quality but at the same time it's not like he's lost to world-class teams you know like during this road stretch one of these teams red bull was in the fucking eastern conference cellar and we're without how many first team players in that game and 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 the coach the coach had struber was well they mutually i'm not going to say fired they mutually agreed to part ways uh that week uh which is corporate speak for fired. Uh, and we lost the, shit. We lost and, the free and, shit teams on the bounce. And, and we looked terrible to them. We lost to Charlotte, who are not uh, not very good. Uh, just, uh, just, 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 just say it as it is. We lost the three shit teams on the bounce. Here, here's the thing: if Cushing gets gets, and I and I think I said this on the last uh, on the last pod with Anderer because he, uh, he said, "Do we forget about this road trip if we go on a tear in this home?" And I said, "No," and. But if he does get these seven points in this home in in this home stretch, then he's got a pathway to redemption, and and maybe we can figure it out from there. But right now, I just I just I feel like we could we could do better. I do. Well, I mean, the positive is is that NYCFC all time is five wins, three draws, and one loss at City Field. So I mean, we do we, we are able to get results there with that one loss being a game we will not speak of uh, in the playoffs. Uh, but five wins and, and a game that we shot ourselves in the foot. We ne- didn't even necessarily get outplayed. We killed ourselves. Cheneau with the bad back pass and Ronald. Not, I don't I'm not even want to speak his name. Fuck that guy. Um, doing what we remember him doing. So, Ethan, I want to wish you a awesome trip to Greece for your honeymoon and uh, and best of luck in your uh, nuptials with, uh, with with your wife and. I hope to see you at, at games in the near future, um, and uh, maybe have you on as another as a guest in another future episode. Thank, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, this this conversation psyched me up. I'm all the way back in on the optimism train. And, uh, <laughs> make sure you make sure you sneak a NYCFC kit into your luggage so that you can rock a kit when you're uh, when you're when you're in uh, in I Greece. One, like a Mitchell and Ness bucket hat, kind of like camo, <laughs> one of those. No work. Uh, uh, instead of season tickets this year, because I knew the wedding and honeymoon was coming up, I got, I bought like the twelve tickets ahead of time, so I'll be at games later on. Nice. Also, shout out. I mean, I don't think is Cyprus. Is that an island near Greece? Yeah, it's near there. So sh- shout out to Mix Discarude and Ismail Tajuri Shradi, their team, um, Ammonia Panamanopia, whatever the fuck the name of the club is. Um, they uh they won their league the uh, last week. So Izzy, <laughs> Izzy and Mix are our league champions. The fact the fact that Mix discrude is on a team that's won the league is just. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a, that was not on my 2023 bingo, like football bingo card this year. Mixed Discrude wins the league with some team abroad. Yeah, no, that doesn't, that was not on there. I mean, I, 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 I think it's hilarious that of all players in NYC's history, that Mix Discrude and Ismail Tajiri Shradi are on the same team together. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely on the same team. I, I, I thought you were going to say won a league. I mean, I'm not surprised that Ishmael Tajiri Tarati found a team that knows how to win, but mixed discrude. I mean, <laughs> wow. I'm glad somebody made him work. We, we, we sure as fuck couldn't. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I think that I think that puts a bow on this episode. I'm excited to see you guys on Saturday. Um, safe travels to, to Ethan going to Greece. And uh, let's get fucking three points against these Philly fuckers this weekend. Because oh, we need those. Twitter will be unbearable if we don't come out with at least a point. So, uh, if we don't, yeah. Uh, as always, be sure to uh, to. Um, well, actually, no, it's a it's a home game, and we're all going to be there, so we're probably not going to have a pre match space. Uh, we probably we will not have a halftime uh, space, but um, I know that Christian and Davi are night owls. TM trademarked, um, so they will probably be on a post game space in the t- uh, on the uh, Discord server. So be sure. Oh, to- I, I can already. I can already foresee it happening. I, I will be in that space on the walk home from the train station once I get back to my dwelling in Jersey. And uh, I'm sure that there are going to be several NYCFC supporters who don't make it out to the game. And if you don't make it out to the game, feel free to join the Beyond the Discord, Discord server and hop into the live game chat and uh, sync your broadcast up with some other NYCFC supporters. It's awesome. Uh, you know, during this uh, home stretch, we've had Coach Geo come in there hot. We've had Buckley, Anthony Buckley, a friend, longtime friend of the podcast, come in. Adam, uh, all of them, uh, and uh, Di Suazo, uh, Panchito. It, it, it's been a great, it, you know, e- even if our results weren't good, it's it's been, it, it hasn't been dull uh, with uh, with those guys in tow. So yeah, be sure to um, uh, be sure to hop in the server and uh, if you're not going to the game and watch it with some like-minded folk. And if you do happen to run into us at the game, we will be having our inaugural official Beyond the Smokestacks stickers to to hand out to to fans who come and find us at the match. Um, so come come and find us during uh, during City Fest, during Fan Fest, whatever it's called, and uh, during pre match tailgate outside. Size of that going to be carrying home with us. <laughs> and if we don't come away with the the uh, a necessary result, then you can always hop in the server and just spit straight fire venom <laughs> about the result. Yep, <laughs> definitely going to be a post game hangout for sure in the Discord server, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll be in there by myself, shouting at the void if anything. So, yeah. All right, fuck Philly, fuck cheesesteaks, fuck Jose Martinez, and uh, fuck top cheese. <laughs> Fuck chop cheese. As always, New York is blue. We out.